Hello, and welcome to Fantastic Comic Fan. I am your host, R.T. Fleming, and it is my mission to help you find your next digital comic book pick from the golden age to now. I have been reading comic books for over 40 years, and have never lost my passion for comic books. Something I try to pass on to old and new readers. It's Thursday, August 24th, 2023, and this is episode 124 of the podcast. Today, I am so pleased to bring back Ross Aiken from Stop, Let's Team Up. Next month, this podcast will be celebrating its second anniversary, and I've been doing some homework. Well, things I should have done all along. I went through, did an index of the episodes, guests I've had on, some of the creative we talked about, how many kickstarters I've done, stuff like that. I forgot Ross was the first guest I brought on the show, somewhere along the line. It was March 2022 and it was episode 18. We discussed the Silver Age, Brave and the Bold 61, which featured Starman and Black Canary. I'm pretty sure that I'm the one who reached out to Ross. Of all the people, I don't even know why I picked him. But I do know I wanted guests with unique perspectives because I didn't want it to just be me talking solo. I want a guest to come on where we didn't sound like talking heads. There's nothing wrong with talking head podcasts. It's just not my niche. The podcast is short form, generally about 20 minutes. It encourages guests to get meaty, to stay on point. I always research the topic or guests and get some talking points so everyone's on the same page. Look, if you key in the word comic book podcast into wherever you listen to your podcast, there are tons of fantastic podcasts. Frankly, Figuring out how to stick out and get people to listen, daunting sometimes. It's why I went with the short form podcast. I don't want to waste your time, the creator's time, no one's time. And I don't want to leave you wondering why I even sampled the podcast in the first place. I cannot speak more highly of Ross. I've told him more than once, if I were ever to have a permanent co-host, it would be Ross. Ross does his homework. He has a unique way of presenting his viewpoint. And we sync up pretty well. How good? This is the 11th time Ross has been on the podcast. Far more than anyone by a long shot. Sometimes he suggests something. Sometimes I do. Often we talk about creators who with decades of comic book history have gotten lost through the years and deserve reminders of why they were fantastic creators and why you should sample their work. Maurice Severin, Jim Shooter, Bob Brown, Gil Kane. All creators that if they don't ring a bell, they should. And this time around, we're talking about Steve Gerber. And we're doing something a little bit different. We're teaming up for a two-part crossover. Over on Stopless Team Up, we're talking How I Deduct, which was created by, co-created by Steve Gerber. This show, obviously, we're talking about Steve Gerber and stuff. Both shows are coming out on the same day. It's a fantastic way to sample both podcasts and to get a little more exposure. Oh, and if you don't know who Steve Gerber is, stick around. You're about to learn more about this iconic creator. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for checking it out, and I hope you continue to sample the show. Please look at the show notes and follow the podcast on social media and subscribe. I want the podcast to continue to grow, and as I said, introduce fans to a different way of discovering and reading fantastic comic books. Now into today's show. Well, hello, and welcome to Stop, Let's Team Up. I don't know what episode number this will be, so I'm not going to keep that part of it. I am joined again by the amazing Ron Fleming from 
fantastic comic fan. I'm going to talk a little Howard the Duck. I know it's not a super team, but we're doing a little project. We're going to be talking about Steve Gerber, so we're going to talk Howard. How are you doing, Ron? Hey, Ross. Good to see you. Yeah, we're we're trying to do a better job of cross-promoting our podcast. So we're doing a team-up and a crossover. Ross likes to talk about comic books, so we're going to talk about Howard the Duck on his end. Over on my end, we're both a short-form podcast, but we're going to talk about Steve Gerber. I talk a lot of comic books, but I also talk about creators and Golden Age and Silver Age. It's always a, usually a short form. You never know what I'm going to bring on. I will call, do all ages, comic books, Silver Age, Golden Age, all kinds of stuff. You can look wherever you watch or listen to your podcast. It's available everywhere. But anyways, mm-hmm. Ross, we decided to talk about Howard the Duck. This is your show, so you lead it off. Well, I'm a huge Gerber fan in a lot of ways. And because some of the earliest comics I read were his defense. And as I say on the podcast a lot, a lot of my comic love comes from my brother just going, read this. You know, and I was like, it's about a damn duck. Why are you handing me this? But it is some of the best satirical comic, political satire and cultural satire in comic form I have ever read. I think we don't have Deadpool. We don't have Squirrel Girl. We do not have a lot of this um, She-Hulk talking to talking to the camera and he actually wrote a run of Chiok and did that without Steve Gerber because he bent rules. And in Howard, it was just this little character that popped up in Adventure into Fear. What was it, 14? It was Adventure into Fear 19, 19, 19. 1973, which starred Man Thing at the time. And he was just a throwaway little character who became a cultural icon about 10 or 10 years in a lot of ways. Um, and I loved it. It was a it was a great comic. Um, what was your first experience with it? You know what? I'm gonna be honest with you, Ross. I have never been a big Howard the Duck fan. <gasps> okay. Not for any other reason. It's just, you know, I encourage people to go and subscribe to these unlimited apps like Marvel Unlimited, even the DCF, even some of the other stuff, because they give you an entry point. Look, I don't have time to go to a comic book shop and look for a bunch of comic book back issues. I don't have the money. Yeah. These services give you huge runs of comic books. Marvel Unlimited has 30,000 comic books. I'm always reading something. Howard the Duck is just one thing out of them thousand. I just have not made the time to actually, you know, investigate. And that's why I want to do this Howard the Duck. So I did a little more research, you know, and like I normally do. And it was created by, you know, we know Steve Gerber and Val Merrick uh, in Adventures in Fear. It was a secondary character in comics Man-Thing. Uh, and you're right, it was a throw-off, and then he went into his own little uh, set of episodes and giant-sized man thing, which people don't know anything about now. And then soon after that, in 76, Howard the Duck had his own comic book, and it was one of Marvel's best-selling titles at the time, believe it or not. Well, it's... And... Mm -hmm. No, I was going to say, it was was the first Marvel comic ever to return to press. Now, in our day and age with the with the comic book shop, that's that's normal. Hey, second, third, yeah, fourth. yeah, because they're they're a little more cautious mm-hmm. on print runs and they're willing but, to do a second printing. Yeah. But Howard the Duck is the first comic book that ever went back to the printers for another run. I just showed you how phenomenal of a comic book it was at the time. But it no. was. It was very he was very politically aware. 
He had Gerber has an incredible sense of humor. It's a little biting. Okay. Howard is him. I really think Howard is him. Howard is an angry little foul. Uh, <laughs> and but it was great. And it, they're just such it was. And I grew up in a very political family. My father, like I was 10, made me watch the Watergate hearings. You know, you you understood what's going on. And it was very political. Um, but it also was just so well-crafted, especially when Gene Colan comes in. See, that's, yes, Gene Colan. You know, people forget, people think of Howard the Duck, you think of Gene Colan. They forget that Frank Brunner was on the first three issues. And Frank Brunner is another great, fantastic artist. Oh, a, and and uh, his Howards are gorgeous. We need to talk about they Frank Brunner beautiful. sometime. But you're right. Gene Colan was with Howard for a good chunk of the run. I will mm-hmm. um, almost to the end, I think. Uh, he hey, also can did, you hear me? I'm losing you. I, I can hear you. Can you hear me? You're breaking up. Let's just pause till you get it back. And then you can start your thought. I think it's in your side because I don't got nothing coming on over here. I hope it's. Can you hear me? I can hear you.
Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Now, my Can you hear me? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah, I can hear you. I got up and picked up my entire table and moved to the room where the router is. You know, I uh, uh, earlier this year, I, I switched to AT&T for a better service and the internet, and I still sometimes get wonky internet service, and I it, shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, I shouldn't. We, you shouldn't. Because we I, share I, with uh, our downstairs neighbor. We moved to Infinity because it has a stronger signal because my wife was working from home and one of them works from home. But it's so fucking hot up here. In an old building, AC doesn't keep it only cools to a point. No, uh there's it's nothing a, there's nothing else on the internet here. Nobody else is on the internet. This is the only thing that's going on. I shouldn't be getting an unstable internet signal. Yeah, I'm the only one in the house. I know what. Yeah. So let's try this again. I'm gonna pick it up. Um all right. So pick up with what you were talking about, and I can go from there. Yeah. It was your, you were talking about your first take of Howard. Okay. No, we, actually, we were going on, we were talking about Gene Colin. Gene Colin. Yeah, you, your point on Gene Colin. Right. I'm going to go back and talk about Frank Brunner in case that... Yeah, know. do that. Yeah, I'll do some editing. So. All right. That whole time we were, that whole time we were fucking around. When they send me those feeds and I'll figure it the fuck out. Sorry. It, it won't be that bad. All right. <laughs> Once so, I hear it, you break up, I'll know when to cut. All right. <clears throat> so, so, all right, right, here we go. Did, did you start it again? Uh, yeah, we're, make sure we're starting it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, did I start it again? Yeah, that would really suck. We get a good stable <laughs> signal and Rafa gets to hit the record button. Let me make sure. Okay. I'm going to pause it to start it. You know, most people think of Gene Colan as the big uh, Howard the Duck, Arthur. Uh, let me forget that. A lot of people think of Gene Colan as the big artist and Howard the Duck, but he originally started off with Frank Brunner, who did the first three issues. And we need to eventually do a show on Frank Brunner because he did some great, gorgeous work. Didn't he also do Doctor Strange for a while? Yeah. And if you do want to do an episode about that, Billy D, man, he loved, that's his era. That's his that's era. The, that's his era. Yeah. You, you know, and Gene Colan is the guy that is associated with Howard the Duck. He did almost the entire run. He also did most of the Howard Duck magazine, which you got to see Gene Colan in black and white. And Gene, God, it's gorgeous. Gene Colan is, to me, such an underrated artist. I mean, yeah, he's a great, fantastic artist, but that man could do everything. He could do atmosphere. He could do superheroes. He could do horror. That man could do anything and make it look fantastic. His yeah. Daredevil run, his Too Much Miraculous, Howard the Duck. His Batman run. Batman run. Oh, my gosh. Gene Colan. I mean. Nathaniel Dusk. If you've got Nathaniel Detective Dusk. Comics, find Nathaniel Dusk. It's the best one of the best ones out there.
But this is not about Gene Coleman. Yeah, it's about, about, it, yeah, about This is about Steve Gerber. And Steve Gerber wrote the first 27 issues of the magazine. He ended up getting fired from yeah, Marvel. Yeah, yeah. She fired him. And it, it was weird that he got fired. And another interesting thing, I and this is actually in the uh, Marvel Unlimited. And I wish Marvel would take some of their big treasuries and collect them into a treasury side edition and make it expensive like an omnibus. So I think, you know, DC did it with that Legion one. It's gorgeous. Marvel does them with the soft cover ones with their like uh, X-Men grand design. The latest, they just did a, uh, a new Doctor Strange one. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I want to see somebody, people, when we talk about treasury, people don't understand that in the 70s, Marvel put these out and DC put these big oversized, gorgeous comic books out. It originally was reprint material, but then they started to add new material. And Marvel Treasury number 12 featured Howard the Duck teaming up with Defenders, which was writing with both. And the story actually goes from the Defenders run into the Treasury back into the Defenders run, which is like, oh, that's yeah. that's kind of cool. And in that it way. is actually collected in Defenders Omnibus Volume 2. It is the last issue in that volume. And... Um, Andy, if you've ever read that stuff, you need to go back there and read it. Ross, and, yeah. Ross yeah. and I concentrate on a lot of Bronze Age. We're trying to, you know, yeah, yeah. break that up a little bit. Could we come across as two grumpy old men get off my lawn, you know, talking about things? But we keep going back to stuff because you don't read the comic books just today. The Bronze Age has some amazing comic books. Yeah. Howard the Duck is a great run it is it is it is it's a template for and you know what it was unique when it came out and when gerber was fired he decided to sue marvel over the ownership of howard he eventually lost because it was done under a work for hire contract he really didn't have a because the way the system was set up he had signed contracts and they all signed it um he is given credit now that he created it everywhere Whenever it's published, he gets that, which is all they're going to. And he's probably given what they call thank you payments. I think it's the, the the really bad term they give artists when their characters are used for high value. Um, Bill Mantlo gets one every once in a while. But for his stuff. But he created a comic called Destroyer Duck with Jack Kirby to raise money, raise money for his Destroyer Duck to raise yes. money for his legal things. And yes. it was okay. And he then he did a Stuart the Rat. He kept he he tried to repeat the greatness, or you know what I mean, and bring it back. And he, he didn't succeed because Howard is Howard. It's unique. You know, they also had that comic strip that ran for a couple of years. It's oh, never wow. it's never been reprinted ever. I, it, that's insane. It's insane you know, because it, those newspaper strip stuff sells, and I love it. It was in the Washington Post when I was a kid. It was it was written by Steve Gerber and Colin did some of the art. Later on, it was written by Marv Wolfman and drawn by Alan Cooperberg. I would love to be able to read that series. The magazine ran from seventy nine to eighty one, and here's an interesting thing. After Gerber left, Bill Mantlo took over Howard the Duck for the end run, and he wrote for the back and black and white magazine. People, you have got to go look at Bill Mantlo. He had, he probably wrote more characters than Stan Lee did. Because he's, he's, yeah. Back in the Bronze Age, 
comics book books were different. They had a lot of deadline problems. Mant- Mantlo did a lot of fill-in issues. And unfortunately, yeah. Mantlo had a tragic history. Back in the early 90s, he was struck by a car uh, while rollerblading, and he never recovered since. He's yeah. still been in care yeah. for decades now. It's such a tragic thing. It's so... Mm. But his Howards are up to, and I think his Howards are almost uh, yes Gerber's because he did the Duck World uh, story where you get to see Howard's home planet and it's gorgeous. It's drawn by uh, Michael Golden. For all you Disney fans, this would be kind of funny. Oh, yeah. Walt Disney sued Marvel back in '77 <laughs> over Howard <laughs> because they thought Howard infringed on their trademarks. Now, just to pause for a second, I would love to see Howard and Donald Duck team up in some kind of short. I think that would be so funny. Now to that see they're that owned by the same people. Yes. <laughs> but, but also, what the, on top of that, because that segues me into this, that also there was a complaint that Howard was running around without pants and it may not go with the comic code. So they gave him pants. You know, and, and, but that was also <laughs> part of the, the lawsuit. Marvel. Oh, because make him look different. Marvel agreed to redesign the character by Disney artists. And a key feature of the redesign was the character would have pants. And that's how Howard <laughs> got pants. And that that sounds like a Howard the Duck plot. And if I remember correctly, he writes it into it. Yeah, he does. Um, but it, they're very fun. Um, he battles villains like Dr. Bong. And it means bell, as in ringing a bell bong, but it was written in the 70s, so it was definitely a double entendre to bong. Yes. Um, because it was a really weird... He had a girlfriend, Beverly Schweitzer, or exotic dancer, she would say. Yes. Uh, and he had all these crazy villains. One was this the street street cleaner who had an, a citrus, orange citrus, as a head, and it was all a big middle finger to an, uh, Anita Bryant. The former Miss America spokeswoman for oranges, who was a raging homophobe, and had had a campaign against homosexuality. And Gerber just went, you know what? And you never, never see race, but it's always inferred when the mask is broken that that's who's inside it by yes. Howard's re- um, reaction. But he wasn't afraid to make people mad. He knew how to hide it. it they're very funny. I think they work. Even today, I don't think they're dated in any way, really. I um, I don't think the Bronze Age a lot of times get enough credit in what people should think. Everybody talks about the Golden Age and Silver Age, but to me, the Bronze Age is actually the most innovative age. Yeah, the comic code. I, I agree with you. Yeah, the comic code I, authority got loosened up. You had all these incredible concepts. They're actually trying new formats, whether it's the giant side. Uh, the dollar comes by uh, DC in the 70s, the treasury editions, all these different concepts and things. A lot of stuff happened in the Bronze Age. And Howard the Duck is a great microcosm example of what the Bronze Age was all about. Whack yeah, innovation, and crazy. Yeah. Innovation, craziness, and let's just see what we can do. Some of it stuck and some of it didn't. But yeah, Howard, you got to go look at Howard yeah. the Duck. And don't look at Howard the Duck as you see him now, because there's been some you know, Howard the Duck appeared in, in, you know, throughout, you know, Marvel mythos for a while. But go back to the core Howard. Read the yeah. core Howard. Yeah. It's all I, available. It's easily good. available. I do recommend the Chip Sadarsky Howard. It's good. It's it's different. It's different. But it's good. It's okay. And back to the Bronze Age, this is an era of writers. 
Um, I do think this is really, in some ways, it, the writers are allowed to shine a little more. And I think you have some great ones. I think when you get to post or um, post Bronze Age, as we get into the, the late 90s and the early aughts, and it's a very um, artist driven. And there's something missing. I think we're back in an era where writers are very prominent. But yes. it is very it is very writer centric and it's and it, they're collaborative. There's a re reasoning is on this book for years. There are reasons why Gene is on Daredevil for years, Iron yes. Man for years. It's at, at Marv Wolfman and in Tomb of Dracula. There are all these things. And Gerber did good runs. His Defenders run is still the best. Probably I'm an Engelhart guy and I like Engelhart's Defenders, but the best Defenders run is Gerber's. By far. And Ross, I'm in the middle of covering it now. So, Ross, I, like I said before, when we started this, I had no idea much about Howard the Duck. It's also his, what, his big anniversary of 40 years coming up. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Thank you for giving me the information and background. I'm actually going to go back through and do some more reading of Howard the Duck in the future. So thank you. Oh, yeah. Enjoy it. It's funny. I I would love for, I'm tempted to get that Omni or find it in a collection because I love it so much. And, you know, I, that's kind of my sweet spot, that early 70s to early 80s. So it's great stuff. People read it. It's worth it. All right, folks. Well, hey, that's it for this episode, Ron. Thank you, uh, as always, for coming on, folks. This will drop the same day as mine and Ron's conversation about Steve Gerber on his show, Fantastic Comic Fan. So either listen to him. If you haven't listened to it already, go and listen to it. Um. And do you have anything special coming up, Ron, you want to plug before we move up, before I say goodbye? Well, I'm putting out more episodes and I'm really trying to do a diversity of stuff. I always cover Kickstarters. And if I play my cards right, the week before this episode comes out, I had a really great run of episode. I have uh, Michael Northrup, who's an all ages author. He does uh, Dear Justice League. He just put out Young Alfred Pan the Butt. I have an author coming in that talks about Silver Egg. I was so excited to get the uh, Advent Comics guy on, Tony Cottrell. He has been doing comic books for 14 years. It's a comic book company you never heard. Folks, it's always about a short form. All the episodes are normally about 15, 20 minutes long. Give it a check. Just see what you look like. My goal is to make you find fantastic comic books to read. That's my goal. Ross, thanks so much for having me. We'll do this again. Yeah. All right, folks. As always, be safe. Be smart. Please be kind to each other. Don't act like Howard. He was a bit of a jerk. And read some comics. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Again, I would love to hear from you at fantasticcomicfan at gmail.com. Remember, new episodes every Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I hope to see you next time.